Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, here we go. Welcome to, what, that old queen? A candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, the views here are purely those of the content providers and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, please at your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. Hello, Tommy. Hi, I'm good. You're a bit broken up because we're live on Instagram. Okay. Um, I've never heard. The, I don't hear the theme tune when you record it. No, I know. So that was quite fun. Yeah, I mean, we should just do it through my phone, I think, and then you'll be able to hear all the silly things which I can do with uh, my um, little mixing desk here. I mean, I don't want to start that off. I'm. Um, I've got my phone balanced on a bottle of wine, and I, I want to replenish in a minute. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't be here for the whole show. We're just gonna. No. We're just gonna say hi and uh, um, and play a game of kink my bluff in a minute. So, who, who have we got? Who have you got for what that really old queen this week? Dirt Bogart. I love Dirt Bogart. I feel like I haven't done my research, but. I know that he's one of your faves, so I think we'll be all right. Yeah, well, I don't know that much about him. <laughs> I just watched a really great film this week. I like him as well because you can talk about his life in lots of different neat sections, and it kind of itself to talking about someone in that kind of flow of a neat timeline. Okay, and we're going to play a game of Kink My Bluff, if I can remember yeah. what we're doing. I'll just put a few slaps in there uh should we do that first although we've got a guest coming on later on haven't we we've got my very good friend tom shaw coming on oh, tom amazing. shaw is one of the lips and often works with david Hoyle. that's really good okay shall we play shall we have a game of kink my bluff okay i need to get my bit okay because you've got one for me so <laughs> i've got i've got a couple of so the how this game is gonna go is that i'm going to give or we're both going to give each other two definitions of a word we've got to guess whether it's a kink or not or whether it's a bluff because call my bluff is one of my favorite favorite games so we're gonna we're gonna play kink my bluff okay so uh shall i go first yeah so my first word is croton so can you repeat the word croton c-r-o-t-o-n yeah this could be a prostrate pleaser, usually made of metal with a bent end to easily please your prostrate, and it would be called a chrononator if used in this respect. Or, okay, or the more mundane um, kind of definition of this is it's an extensive flowering plant introduced to the Europeans by George George Eberhard Rumpfius. And there's various varieties of this flowering plant or shrub. So what do you reckon? Prostrate pleaser or a shrub? I think it's a tough one, but I think it's going to be a prostrate pleaser. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) I'm afraid, Tommy, it's a bluff. It's actually a shrub. Um. (laughs) 
Have you, have you got one for me? Yeah. Um, Z bag. Okay. What's it called? Is it Z bag? Z bag. Okay. Completely made for teenagers, so it's in shape of a Z, so that both of them can be in one aspect of the Z formation. Right. Or is it slapping your testicles on the back of someone's head? <laughs> I think it's the teenage one, the first definition. Incorrect. Oh. No. So it is a kink. What do I say? It's a kink, yeah. Ah, amazing. Okay, uh, so I've got one one more for you. Oculolinct, mm. Oculolinctus. So this is the act of licking a partner's eyeball for sexual arousal. It's very rare... But there have been a few reported cases, one where in order to orgasm, a woman had to lick the eyeball of her lover. So it's licking the eyeball of your lover, oculolinctus. Or is it a, a tincture mixture to bathe the eyes that are infected or irritated? Is it for irritated eyes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's one of the definitions. So what do so you the- is it is it licking the eyeball as a kink or is it? Or is it a tincture? I don't think that kink. The eyeballs are a non-sexual. Um, yeah, I think it, I think Matthew Austin's right. It's the second one. It's the second one. You are both wrong. It's a kink. Yeah. It's a kink. <laughs> We're not very good at this game, are we? <laughs> no, we haven't got any right. Have you got another one? I've just got one more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Santorum. 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 Okay. Is it a frothy mixture of lube and feces matter that is usually a byproduct of anal sex? Right. Or is it someone that might say outrageously homophobic statements to conceal their truth? I think it's anal juice. I think it's the first one, anal juice. Okay. You're right, but they are both true. Ah, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're both kind of kinky in a way <laughs> okay amazing well that was our first uh round of um kink my bluff shall we go back to and also our only round of kink bluff. <laughs> do you reckon <laughs> no i mean we could do it another week but we're not doing any more no exactly or have you got any more? no i haven't got any more no only to two so we'll say goodbye to everyone who joined us on instagram live Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, see you later. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you around. Bye. Right. <laughs> we're, we're back in the room. Right, I'm back here now. Right. My, um, my phone was going mad. Was it? I was, I was just getting like barrages of messages. <laughs> <laughs> there were just, there were quite a few people on there. I mean, not very many people stayed for very long. But mm. um, yeah, thank you for everyone who joined us on Instagram Live for that uh kink or bluff right should we do what that really old queen then yeah so dirt bogart he's one of my favorite actors i had a massive crush on him when i was younger yeah i mean he's he is a beautiful man and and actually what's interesting about him is like so i've been watching a few interviews with him and there's this beautiful interview that he kind of describes the way he looks and then someone else talks about the way that he looks. It's like that he was actually too good looking mm. to play the parts that he wanted to play. Right. And you kind of see that with the way that his career develops. So like from from the moment that he became an actor, he was he was modelled as a matinee idol. Right. Um, and then he later, well, then then he later started to shape the parts that he really wanted to um, be. Yeah, because he wasn't necessarily completely out there with his sexuality, was he? Uh, not until well, he later on. His, he wasn't out there with his sexuality at all. No, like he had he had, he had a lifelong partner, but always referred to him as a sort of business partner and a platonic friend. Mm. Should we just acknowledge that Tom's entered the room? Hi. Oh, can you see? Yeah, yeah, we can see you, Tom. <laughs> can you see me and hear me? Yeah, we can see you and hear you. <laughs> I'm, not very, I'm not very good at all this. My life. Um, I, like, I, I, like the, I like the live experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. 
but yeah, technology is is a bitch sometimes. So yeah. I'm I'm sandwiched between two Tommies uh, this evening. Is uh, it first? Or- uh, I think it might be a first actually that I'm sandwiched between two Tommies. <laughs> but I'm ca- kind Lovely. of enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, how pleasant for you. Um, <laughs> uh, so welcome, Tom Shaw. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, right. we'll come and t- talk to you about you in a minute. But uh, we're just doing a feature called "What That Really Old Queen." Uh, who's yeah? I, I, who are you talking about? Dirt Bogart. Dirt Bogart. Oh, oh, Dirt Bogart. Okay, okay. Um. So, Tommy, yeah, carry on. So, Dirt Bogart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so he was kind of modelled. I think he became um, as, as a kind of um, matinee idol. And then sort of later he became, he, he, became, he, he developed an interest for, interest for more interesting parts. And that's the kind of the parts that I really know and love him for. Right. He served in the Second World War and sort of went up the ranks and finally was a major and, he talks about that experience as really affecting him um, profoundly. And I just like, because in the later kind of part of his film career, he's always drawn to kind of much more, I would kind of say sort of slightly sadomasochistic roles or very dark characters. Mm. And it feels like maybe that experience of, of, you know, being in the second world war had a, had a big impact on him. Yeah. Um, The film, I watched this week was called The Servant, and it's very much like the film that's kind of going around at the moment, Parasite. Have you seen that film? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> and have you seen the film The Servant, Tom? No, no, I haven't. What, 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 are, the, what are the similarities? Well, it's just in the sense that um, Dirk Bogop is hired as a butler, and he just kind of twists it around, and he brings in his sister who's not his sister yeah. and and they have like Sarah, on or... Sarah Miles and slowly they begin to affect his life and before they met he's he's like Dirt Bogot's completely taken over the house right and there is a homoerotic reading in that film I think but the film that like a lot of queers know him for is um the film um Victim yeah. which was yeah. made in 19... 19- 61 and this was the first english language film to use the word homosexual um it was uh about a blackmail case and i think dirtbergot really was interested in playing that part um sylvia sims played his wife and she was really like actresses to play that part because a lot of well i think a lot of women were turned like were turned off by that idea of playing a playing a role but because she said that she had so many gay friends she felt like she needed to do yeah that. she was pretty cool wasn't she sylvia sims and i think sylvia sims is still alive because i've seen her in the last yes what the old people's one yeah when they, the old people's, you know, when they when they have to kind of do star jumps out on the lawn and you know <laughs> all that kind of thing but she's quite grumpy but is know, that the good. real marigold hotel is it that one yeah yeah okay yes in one of his earlier films, he met, I think he's called Anthony Forward, and he was a young actor then as well, but he stopped being an actor, and then he was assistant. And, um, <laughs> Is that assistant in inverted commas? Or? Well, he always described <laughs> the fact that their relationship was always only platonic, and they were yeah. just great friends. And Anthony has one son from a previous marriage, and uh, he, also, uh, he also refers to the fact that he was known as Uncle Dirk, and there, there didn't seem to be anything more than a platonic relationship. I mean, I don't really know. what You can't really say what that was after those two people have died. No. But what is interesting about it was that he was under contract with rank um, for many years, and they had a morality cause in the contract and that would include that being gay because at that time it was illegal to be gay. He tried his he's tried his luck in Hollywood and that didn't work out. And there he met this model that was turned actress and he he always says that he fell in love with her and asked her to marry him, but that didn't work out. Um, and Helen Bonham Carter 
was a friend of his and she always says that the fact that kind of Hollywood eluded him and that he didn't become a major star was down to the fact that he was he was gay and he wouldn't be able to have when the legalization happened if he would have kind of come out and said always oh, gay it would have completely shone a lot on the fact that he was do you know what I'm trying to say? But I think that's that's true kind of up until more recently as well. I think it still it? I mean, is true. Rupert, I think it's still true now. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure it is still true, still true to, to an extent. That's what Rupert Everett always said about his career in the 90s. Mm. Was that, 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 I mean, who knows? But he, he always says that it was because he had come out and because he was open that... that that even at that time he he felt he didn't get the roles other than kind of gay best friends to Julia Roberts or Madonna or whoever. Mm. Well, there's there's all these things uh, they're called lavender marriages, aren't they? Where oh yes, I've always loved that expression. <laughs> where <laughs> actors marry women and it's cut, it's a bit of a sham, yeah. but it's because Hollywood actors are pretty much a brand and they have such a female following that if they came out as gay, they think they would lose all their ratings for the films and things like that. But, I mean, in modern times, we've shown that that's not really true. But then interesting that he chose to do victim. Well, wouldn't you? I think I would. Even if you had to hide it, you'd, you'd kind of try and show a little glimmer of it, wouldn't you? But, yeah, I feel like that's exactly it, Bernie, that he was always just on the line and mm. he never pushed it too far. But he always had that interest in other kind of exploring other narratives really because he outed himself on parkinson it was years later when he was older and he's his lot his lifelong partner had died after they'd been living in the south of france for quite a while and he'd moved back to london and michael parkinson just asked him why he moved back to london he lit he did say i my lover died i've been living with him for so many years in the south of france oh, right. and so he was and completely you, out there um, that would that would have been like late seventies, early eighties, maybe. BBC Two do a, a documentary called Talking Pictures, which is they put together yeah. all of the interviews, and there's a really interesting one on Dirt Bogart where they include that interview with him. In the last sort of chapter of his life, if you, he was prolific writer, mm. and he wrote so many books and, and memoirs. I'm listening to one on Audible at the moment, which is called something like Five Minutes Walk from Harrods. Or <laughs> <laughs> it sounds perfect. <laughs> and it's, it's like the perfect book for these times because... It, 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 sounds, very, it sounds very Muriel Spark, doesn't it? Well, that's actually, it's funny, but the two are really connected in my head. But the book is perfect for lockdown because it's so prosaic. They're kind of like, just just like talking about mowing a lawn or an interaction with a, a French woman in a post office. Like, uh, he, he's really good at observing, like, characteristics of people. Yeah. Um, he, so he later, so it, he has a sort of, um, he lives with his, his partner or his, his whatever you want to call him, um, in Provence for a while. And then when his partner dies, he goes back to live in Harrods. In, in Harrods. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in Harrods. Five minutes from Harrods, <laughs> yeah. and and he's you know always walking around Chelsea and bumping into people and writing his book and going this sort of details like and what shall I have for tea tonight? Shall I just open a can of soup or shall it be a slice of ham and stuff like that? Uh, that's um. Have you have you ever read his? I can't now. I won't be able to remember what it's called. Have you ever read a book called like Appleby Avenue or book that this woman wrote? And it's all just like that. It's her living in a house in kind of East London in the eighties or something with various other people. And it's all just like um, oh, for tea I had some lamb chops, and then the, the you know Mrs So and So kind of two doors down complained about the you know the what's it. And but it's great. It's really kind of meditative kind mm. of reading. But, yeah, it's perfect. If it's kind of well-crafted stories yeah. about buying a lamb chop, I'm just like... <laughs> perfect, isn't it? Does he read I'm, the audiobook, Tom? Does he read the yeah, audiobook? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so he must have... Oh, yeah. really? Oh, I'm going to, I'm, I need to listen to that, I think. Yeah, yeah, me too. And do you know who the last person to see him was? Go on. 
<laughs> Lauren Bacall. Oh, of course. That's the last. That's the last. If that's going to be the last person you see, that's pretty good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I hope she was I nice she to him. Yeah, she probably kind of great friend. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I bet they both smoked fags and had a good time. Oh yeah, she was a riot. People say, wasn't she? You know, I think I think right up until the kind of end, she was wearing a kind of a kind of open tuxedo jacket with nothing style kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was so beautiful. Even when she was older, she was stunning and such a strong presence. Beautiful woman. Yeah. What what film were they in together? Were they in one together or, or more? No, actually, I should look that up. I, I, I don't think they were in a film together, unless it was one of the ones remember. he did in Hollywood, because he was in some weird Western in Hollywood, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which they, didn't, re- didn't really fit him at all. Yeah. But they both have that sensibility about trying to find different parts. I mean, especially Lauren in you know much later life, she became much more interested in, I don't know what you call them, art house films or... Mm. Yes, and, um, and I always remember her in... Um, um, the Bold and the Beautiful. I yes. didn't know that one. Oh, it was an amazing soap opera. And, you know, there was that. There was The Bold and Beautiful, Sunset Beach, and um, and um, Days of Our Lives. And she was in and she was in The Bold and the Beautiful. Well, I used to like Falcon Crest from that period. <laughs> oh, I never watched that. I loved Falcon Crest. Uh, I love it. Well, I loved all the majors. So Falcon Crest was kind of like the kind of um, distant cousin to Dallas and Dynasty and the Colbys, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a cheaper version, I think. That's why we liked it, Tommy. We are cheap. Um, <laughs> anyway, two Tommies. Uh, have, have we have we had enough of Dirt Bogart? I mean, I never have enough of Dirt Bogart, but um, what we're going to do is we'll have a little break and then we'll come back and talk to... Tom Shaw and and Tom, would you would you like to stay on board for our Queens of Agony section where we answer some um, listeners' questions, their problems? Some agony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're gonna have a little break right now and we'll be back after this. We're back after the break, and I'm here with Pandemic and Sybil Unrest. Oh, I mean, uh, Tom Marshman and uh, Tom Shaw. <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm so pleased that you could join us. I know. Well, yes, I interrupted my busy schedule of, um, of, of sitting around and, make, and baking and you know, all the rest of it. And I've, I, found, I found time to join you, yeah. What have you been baking? <laughs> um, bread and um biscuits um bread because it's quite a good i'm not much of a baker but i've sort of got into it the last few weeks um bread's good because it um it kind of offers a bit of structure to the day i think Mm. do you know what i mean because you you put it you kind of do the first little bit in the morning then i go for my walk and then i've you know you've left it for kind of two hours under under a tea towel and then you come back and you know you do the next bit and you think oh well now i've got kind of another two to do and you know it's a kind of a meter for the day really which i think is nice and and biscuit i've been baking at anzac biscuits because my sister who i'm staying with keeps requesting them and keeps buying the stuff for me to make them so i keep um you know healing to uh, her whim and making anzac biscuits and it's actually anzac day tomorrow so i don't know, I don't know what, what we are. i don't know what an anzac bis- biscuit is well you know what anzac means no it's it's the it's the it's the Australian. Uh, well, no, I won't be able to remember. It's the Australian and uh, New Zealand, I guess, armed forces, something or other. And uh, and I suppose it was a charity that during the kind of Second World War uh, gave to or raised funds for for the and people would make these Anzac biscuits and send them off to soldiers fighting in the Second World War. 
um, in kind of little tins, and they still make them make them to this day. And they're really easy to make. And it's, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not kind of not that I'm kind of sticking to the kind of armed forces, but they are easy to make. They are sort of desiccated coconut and flour and golden syrup, and you just kind of whack them in. Really, sounds lovely. I, did, I was kind of thinking how we'd introduce you. I said to Bernie. I think that you are kind of a mainstay of the London cabaret scene. Well, that's very nice of you. That's very, that's very generous of you. <laughs> so yeah. you're, in, you're in the lip syncers. I'm in the lip syncers. And you often work with David Hoyle as... And I often in, work with... As... Name? Well, name. What's my name? Pam. Pam. Uh, Pam, who's probably, who probably isn't too dissimilar to old um, Annette Curtin. Yeah, and it's more sort of convivial, I think. Oh, yes. And, oh, yes. And, Pam's quite stern. Yeah, and also quite silent she is, isn't she? Oh, she's quite silent. Who? Annette? No, Pam. Pam doesn't she's, say that much. Uh, she's fairly talkative, but she's, uh, she's. Um, um, I think she's economic with her with her words. Yeah, I would say Pam, um, Annette is... is, is <laughs> A bit more jokey. <laughs> She's not economic with her words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw a picture uh, yes. of you as Simone Simone. Is that you? Oh yeah, that's the, yes, yes. That's the other. That's another character that came out of David Hoyle's shows years ago. But she's she's not made so many appearances in a way because she shows. You know, she kind of. And I don't think David likes, likes the limelight being stolen too much. Um, but she can't help it, uh, and she doesn't say much either. But she's she's kind of come out more uh, on her own, apart from apart from his shows, and kind of because I thought she had legs to kind of do some other stuff. And she is a she's an old or thinks she was an old kind of uh, star of Warhol's Factory, um, a kind of factory legend. Uh, uh, but she kind of gets it all a bit wrong, and kind of her handbag sets on fire and stuff like that. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I spent yeah. some time in a in a field in latitude with Simone. Simone, I think everybody has, <laughs> <laughs> frankly. And what happened in the field? With your eyes. Oh yeah, she, I can. She can roll her eyes around, and really, <laughs> she's a, she's a curious character. So that's all that. But now, you know, like like all of us, you know, Tom. You, you know, it's, it's kind of nothing going on at all. And what do we, what do we do? Mm. You know, did you have lots of work kind of interrupted? And yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't. Uh, it hasn't been too bad because I was, I was feeling like I was in a moment. I was going to go into a moment of reflection anyway. Do you know what I was like? That I've been like that. I've had kind of what I won't call it an existential crisis, but but I, you know, for about a year now, I've been a lot more kind of inwardly thinking than I usually am. And so this all happened. And in a way, it's quite, you know, I don't feel too kind of anxious about any of that because it's, it's kind of, is giving me a bit of space. Do you feel like that? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why you, is that why you have yeah. in Bristol? Yeah. I, love I mean, that. it was great that I had, so this was my celebrating 21 years of working. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that we managed to do that before this whole thing started kick in yes it feels like a bit of a punctuation mark really that was the last kind of thing that i well went to that was a lot you know what i mean it was a big thing that kind of i went to just before all this happened so i'll always remember it for that reason for all the wrong reasons <laughs> it was it was, <laughs> it was lovely I, en I enjoyed how kind of funereal it was <laughs> it was a sort of you know i was standing in I was standing at the back with Steve Nice. He said, he said, oh, you don't think Tom's got a terminal illness and, you know, is about to kind of pop off, do you? Because it did... <laughs> well, Scotty, like Scotty did a performance um, that was sort of derivative. Oh, I'm, I think I missed it because I was just leaving. And he yeah. read his lines from a big card that is like, goodbye and good luck. It could be true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was prophetic. Yeah. Are you not so Tom, not, you're not doing any kind of online gigs or anything like that? No, Bernie, I can't be bothered. I just seems it just seems like a well, A, it seems like an unbelievable amount of faff. And look, I can't even you know, I was stressed out enough trying to get Zoom to work to do this. And and I had one kind of house party with my family and found that all a bit kind of awful. And um and also I'm not really um I'm not really that kind of 
performer and I don't know quite what it would be that I would be doing kind of, you know, online, on Instagram, live or whatever in a, in a, in a room in South London. I don't know. I don't quite know what it would be and I don't want to kind of force something out for the sake of it, you know, just because it seems to be what people are doing. And, you know, yeah. I'm kind of happy. I'm happy for, the, for now. I'm happy sort of not doing anything like that and having a break from it all and doing other things. So, um, making um, biscuits. I know, but, you know, making biscuits. Yeah. And just sort of, just sort of pottering about. You could do really. an online I mean, you know, cookery show. I know I could, but all my recipes are stolen from other people. Uh, uh, everybody's recipes are stolen from other people. It's fine. Just do it in know, drag. It'll I be know, an instant quite, hit. I, I, yeah, I haven't got any drag with me. I haven't even, I mean, I could kind of couple some stuff together. You can I'm improvise, sure, I'm I sure. I just haven't, I could improvise. But I haven't got any makeup. I haven't got any sort of bits and bobs. And um, it's just, it's just not in my, it's not in my. It's to me that uh, the way you work is quite um, collaborative, really. Yeah, it is that. It's that. Yeah, I'm sort of a team player. I mean, I hope I have. <laughs> um, I hope I'm not difficult. But I, but it, most of the stuff I do is is with a group or is with one other person or is part of something else, and 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 that works for me. And I don't feel the need to kind of change all that now just because I'm just because there's a pandemic going on, you know. And I, you know, because I'm not bored particularly. So and, so and when you started performing with the lip syncers, yeah, they were already an established thing. Yeah, they've been going for years. They've been going. They've been, they've been going for about twelve years. How did how were how were you sort of invited in? How did that kind of happen? I don't know. I don't know really. I mean, you know, Lisa Lee and and all that lot. You know, my my compadres. They they're all kind of. I suppose everybody and you know and and, um, and it was about four years ago and they just said, oh look, you know, you may as well just sort of be part of this now and. I just sort of kind of I just sort of fell into it really, but but what a good thing to fall into! I love the lip syncers, and I think um, you know I miss them all. I miss them all at the moment. Can you tell us what they do? Because some of our listeners might not know. Well, what we do is we lip sync, obviously, to uh, to well, not just music, kind of bits of speech and stuff as well. Any old thing really, and we do uh, generally we do uh, kind of full-length shows uh, and we have a lot of props and made out of cardboard generally and sort of things flying about and it's all a bit anarchic and not very polished i mean not very kind of you know rupaul's drag race kind of thing and it's uh, and it's mess over and we're waking our bones and and stuff and uh and it's kind of a bit political and a bit satirical and yeah i don't i don't quite know how to explain it it's a bit of a it's a bit of an enigma to me still after after all these years have you got a favorite thing to lip sync to well i suppose that changes as i go along my sister, I do a solo to this song, which is called The Pizza Song. By the, have you ever heard of this American woman called Ruth Wallace? You know, she was big in the 50s. You might have heard some of her songs. She did these kind of satirical kind of sort of cabaret numbers. And she, she, did, a, she did a song called The Pizza Song, where she kind of pretends to be an, Ita- an Italian housewife making pizza for her husband. But, the pe- but it's all kind of sexual double entendre, you know. So, you know, when she's saying, oh, my husband wants some pizza every night, what should I, you know. Um, so, she, so I do that and I make a pizza and I chuck kind of mushrooms all over the audience and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> my sister kind of loves it and she's got it on repeat and she's playing it for the baby and, and that and Copacabana is what the baby seems to be kind of, you know, his alternated listening. He loves Copacabana. That baby's going to be gay. Of course. If I've got anything to do with it. Watching you in a kimono and listening to the Copacabana. Yes, exactly. Sweeping around in my kimono first thing in the morning. Um, I love love your lip sync to um, sing a kind of poet. um, What's her name? Oh, Kate Tempest. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. That that was a very difficult. It's difficult to learn how to do a rap. Actually, mm. I think it's uh, tricky. But um, no, I know it feels. I feel a bit sad. I had a lip syncer's dream last night. You know how you get? Do you get? You get? You must get these, Tom, kind of show dreams, dream shows, whatever, and either things going right or wrong. And I had, a, I had I had one of my lip syncer's dreams last night. We were doing some show somewhere, and I woke up in the middle of the night. And I felt a bit sad, you know, because. Because who knows when? I, you know, I say that I'm happy at the moment, kind of just pottering about, and I am. But you know, who knows when it's yeah, you know, or if, or if it's going to kind of happen again? You know, we don't know what's sort of happening in the world, do we? Or 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 what the kind of or what the landscape will be on the other side of it all. So exactly, I'm taking it one day one day at a time, really. But um, yeah, as I'm sure we all are. I think life's going to be quite different after this. 
unfortunately. Yeah. And and we're I was reading an article that we're all kind of grieving at the moment because of what how our life used to be and how it's definitely not that at the moment and it probably won't be the same for quite a while, if ever. Yeah. It's a very sad thing. I don't know. I was watching people today, and there was there's more and more people walking around with face masks on. And I was thinking, uh, do I really want to live in a society that wears face masks and has to be two meters away from everyone all the time? No, I mean, it's... yes. I mean, what 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 will happen? Well, I mean, what will? How will it be when? I mean, even if you know, even at some kind of distant point in the future where everything is completely lifted in terms of restrictions, and they've managed to. I mean, either kind of, I mean, probably not eradicate it, but get it to a level where it is um, a lot more manageable. How is it? I mean, I don't, I just don't think that people are going to immediately be, I mean, people kind of have, people keep saying, oh, we're going to have these huge parties when, you know, on the other side of it. I just, I just don't see this time where people are going to suddenly be kind of running back into each other's arms and, you know, jostling around and that's going to take longer. I think, yeah. I mean, I suppose it will, I suppose, I suppose kind of power of assembly and, and the kind of human need to do that. But I don't think it's quite as, I don't think it's going to be quite as um, snappy as everybody likes. To no, it's not going to be, Oh, lockdown's over. Have a party is, I think it's going to be a real yeah. gradual yeah. thing where, you know, there might yeah. be smaller kind of events and things like that can happen, and then yeah. they'll gradually and they, get bigger. And maybe, that's, and, and, and maybe that maybe that's okay. Maybe that's fine. Mm. And well, it is. Well, it will have to be okay. It will have to be fine. And maybe we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll think a lot about the kind of quality of what we're doing in our lives and and who we and who we want to spend time with, and you know, rather than a free for all. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. sure, definitely. Anyway, that's quite a somber no um <laughs> shall, uh, and on that note I, I, I am fun really yeah no and on that note shall we do some queens of agony questions yes oh yeah go okay on. i'm gonna do a big gong so don't talk yeah, for a second on, yes. right um so this one this first one's quite a long one and you'll have to forgive me reading it out because i've had a few glasses of wine so dear old queens and Tom. Thank you. <laughs> How do I make my boyfriend want to have sex with me again? So I've been with my boyfriend for almost five years. And when we met, we would have a good amount of sex. But as the years have passed, he's shown less and less interest in it. We've gone from having sex a couple of times a month or maybe three times a year, but only if I initiate it. I've brought it up with him multiple times and told him that it's important to me, but it's still an issue. We still love each other very much and the relationship is great, except for the lack of sex. I've suggested having an open relationship, but he's not interested at all. And I've suggested toys or exploring kinks, but he's not into that either. When we actually do end up having sex, it's always because I initiate it and I spend more time pleasuring him and neglecting my own needs because I feel pressure to make him enjoy his time with me so that he will do it more often. I also only bottom because he's a strict top, even though I'm verse and like to top too. We've had conversations about this too, and he bottomed once but doesn't want to do it again. So now I basically just masturbate a lot and watch an unhealthy amount of porn to get through it. It sounds like my life. And it doesn't help. I have a higher than average sex drive. I don't want to end this relationship just because of sex, but at the same time, I feel like I'm missing out on something I really enjoy, and I don't know what to do. What do we reckon? Oh, God. Does he say how long this, this relationship's gone on? Or I think it was five years. Yeah, five okay. years. Oh God, I don't know. I mean, it's, um, it's hard to hear, but that's I. I do feel like, and I've said it before, like that is the reality of yeah. situations. Like, mm. it's great if you can, but I think that a lot of people can maintain like a full-on sexual for a certain amount of time, and that's sad and frustrating. And you, and probably you just need to prioritize the thing that is really important. Do you think, Tom and Bernie, that it is... Do you think this is more of an issue in gay relationships? No. Or do you think it's more... Or do you, th or do you think the issue is different for different reasons? Because of, because of the way 
because of the different way that sex is part of our lives generally in or out in or out of relationships you know what i mean yeah i think it's the same for straight relationships but i yeah i get what you're saying is i mean sex is quite an important part of gay culture and how we live our lives uh, I think it's a shame that yeah. your boyfriend has just, uh, look, this person's boyfriend has just shut him down in, when he's tried to mention having an open relationship or t- sex toys or kinks, all the things which would yeah. liven up their sex life. You know, but they were the things that I would yeah. first because suggest. It is, it, is, it, is, it is sort of, it sounds like he's, it's, the boyfriend sounds a bit like he's sort of shutting down any kind of uh, any kind of conversation that his, that his boyfriend might have about kind of the need for sexual desire or, mm. or and I don't know what I don't know what the answer to that is really I mean may, you know I mean it sounds like I mean they haven't been together for kind of a for decades you know it's like maybe I don't know if, if something's not working it's not working and you need you need to decide I suppose whether what is working is working enough or and what the kind of balance is there and I don't know I don't know it's there's just probably a clarity around like that you know he maybe has suggested an open relationship or he maybe has suggested trying a few extra things that might spice it up but actually if he sort of was really genuine and honest and saying look i'm finding this situation really frustrating because this is how i feel then then maybe the situation would change because it could just be that he's like hinted at it Mm. and he actually needs to go i've got something really important to tell you and can you acknowledge this yeah, I yeah. think I think he's got to prioritize his own needs because he seems to be putting his boyfriend first a hell of a lot, and obviously this yeah. is a big issue for him. So he, yeah, he has to underline that point with his boyfriend to say, "Look, I really need sex, and if you're not going to give it to me, then I need to get it from somewhere else." And that means we either stay together and work on it between us, or we have an open relationship, or we split up. I, I think, um, and if if the boyfriend's not willing to listen to that, then maybe they should split up. Yeah. The irony is, though, in this current situation, he's better off sticking with the no sex boyfriend. Well, what, well, what, choice, what choice does he have? He's not going to get it from anywhere else. Yeah. Does he, does he say that? Does he does he live with? Does the, do they live together? Does that? Yeah, does that, I think they live together. Be interesting to know. I mean, this is this is a recent. Well, they, they've, they've, they've got a while to work all this out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're going to have this conversation, now is the time to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, t- I mean, the thing about me is, is if if I haven't had sex for like four or five weeks, I could probably shag anything. Uh, so mm. <laughs> it's like I, I, I don't, don't really understand how the boy. Maybe there's an issue. Maybe there's like a an erectile dysfunction issue which the boyfriend's not talking about, which he needs to also yeah, solve. We d- yeah, we d- we don't have that information, do we? Uh, Sadly, interesting though. Best time to have this conversation, but is it really? Because if you're living you want to be having someone, it before, just before the lockdown ends, don't yeah. you? Mm. Rather than kind of you know it not going very well and then being <laughs> stuck with each other for a year. Well, I, I think this lockdown time is either it's going to make or break relationships, isn't it? Yeah, really. Yeah, because mm, I can hear a few neighbours breaking. Can you? Yeah, I heard a few. Can I had you? one of my neighbours the other day breaking. <laughs> There's a lot of shouting going on. Some people have made the decision, haven't they, to uh, to move in with people that they've only been seeing for, you know, a very short period of time. Yeah. And apparently that's um, working for them. Oh, right. But oh, right. I guess that's a honeymoon period, isn't it? Yeah, and I suppose there's probably something there about alleviating loneliness and... Mm. Yeah, uh, I definitely would you consider... You know, it's going to be better than being on your own. Yeah, if if we had noticed, I probably would have shacked up with someone. I think that I could have a cuddle and I mean, some sex with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I that's why I moved in with my sister because I didn't, you know, I just thought I can't, I can't deal with being on my own for. And I live in a house of three, and my 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 um my other half has had to go to Hastings for the foreseeable future because he's a he's a carer for a family member and then um and then the other one you know dan you know danny lovely danny tom has has gone to his mum and dad's so i was kind of suddenly i thought i would all be here together and then suddenly i was on my own and i thought i don't know if i can do this i'm gonna have to go to my sisters yeah it's fair enough it is it's a bit up and down being on your own but you know you you find ways to cope yeah okay dear old queens what are your thoughts i think this is this is quite personal to me i think what are your thoughts on aging out of wearing graphic t-shirts? At which age or decade of life do they become embarrassing to wear? 
So I enjoy a good chuckle or an outright belly <laughs> laugh prompted by seeing a clever or, or even trite graphic T-shirt. Those that are nicely fitted on a serious-looking man are even more enticing. I've seen mixed opinions at which age we guys should banish them from our wardrobes. <laughs> what do you guys what, think? Um, what, I think it's stupid. What's a, what, what's a graphic T-shirt what, with writing on it? Yeah, something with a funny picture on or with something cl- like that. A, I don't know. Maybe people can just see what they want, can't I mean, they? You can wear a graphic T-shirt when you're 120. I don't. I, I don't understand. Well, you know, I think we should be a bit beyond these kinds of conundrums. Really, it's like it's like all the kind of things that you see in kind of women's magazines, isn't it? You know, you know, should you wear your hair like this after 30, or should you do what you want? I mean, life's too. You know. I think it's interesting because I think that I've had conversations with you, Tom, about this. Oh, yeah. And, and obviously me and Bernie... Why, was, about was, that, was that because I was telling you, the, telling you that you were mutton dressed as lamb? <laughs> <laughs> well, just in terms of, like, I think that you... I think you've said it as well, is that you sort of, like, you've got an eye on what I'm what I'm doing and where I am in terms of my age because I'm just a bit older than you. Oh, yeah. And then I think... yeah. But it's like you kind of keep an eye on the on on a couple of years above you, just to just to make sure that everything's that you, your path is kind of yes, that's true. You can kind of I I think it's nice to have people who uh, to take a bit of inspiration from, and you know you always look very well put together, Tom, and and I always think you know you're quite inspiring with your style, um, and but. But we don't even need that. I mean, we just need to know that that maybe that you know this is the time to kind of get creative, isn't it? With our you know style wise, now we're all kind of stuck at home. I mean, we can we can really find out what we like without away you know away from prying eyes. Yeah. Well, I have an inordinate amount of graphic T-shirts, um, which I'm I've been posting one every day on Instagram since we've been in lockdown. Um, and I'm 50, so Give it, of, of your fav- of your your favourite graphic T-shirt du jour. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's lots. There's too many. That's why I'm posting them, oh, okay. all of them up on Facebook, oh, on Instagram. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, and, what was the what was the what was the last but, one? But it's, it's in, like I I you know I felt quite emotional yesterday when I saw your T-shirt that said "Son of Joan" mm. because your mum is you know is end of life. Mm. And you wore this beautiful T-shirt and it said Son of Joan. And I thought that was like beautiful because you were telling a story through those T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, because all of them are a bit, they've all got a little bit of a story behind them. Most of them have anyway. Yeah. Um, And yeah, that one was particularly poignant. So That's it, isn't it? If you're wearing, if you're wearing something, if one is wearing something so bold, uh, you know, to make a statement, statement then sure you that has some weight with you so why would you why would you not want to do that why would you i mean you know you know you might look back and you know in, in however many years time and think and think oh god i wish i hadn't worn that t-shirt it's a bit embarrassing because i don't i don't want to make that statement now mm. but but at the time it's all good isn't it yeah mm. I, I think so and i think my my t-shirts are kind of carefully curated as well there's a bit of a there's always yeah. a bit of a it's message just, behind them free for all no <laughs> yeah and i think i've done this quote before um so oscar wilde said be a work of art or wear a work of art so um i'm not very good at being a work of art so i wear one instead and if you'd like to wear a work of art we have our own graphic tees available in our (laughs) merchandise store on what that old queen (laughs) and you can help us fund our podcast I know. I segued into that. Um, <laughs> you, we also yeah, have a Patreon right. account if you'd like to ka-ching some money in that direction as well. Um, if you're rich and you've got some spare cash in lockdown. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the next question. Dear old queens, I have a flesh jack, which I hardly use, and a dildo, which is also hardly used. I'm tempted to get a pelvic massager. Part of my issue with using sex toys is the fear it will either be better than sex than with a guy or never comparing to a toy or becoming so acclimatised to using toys that I lose my ambition to be with a guy? Is this a ridiculous concern? So they think that the sex with the sex toys is going to be so good that they're going to stop wanting to have sex with a person. 
saying, sorry, is he really used them at the moment or he hasn't used them and he's, yeah. and he's worried about getting into that habit? Yeah, he hasn't used them. I mean, I, I mean, I'm... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, he hasn't used them, but it, and he's a bit scared of using them because he thinks they might be better than <clears throat> sex with a person. I mean, what people has he been having sex with that he that he? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I've I've got a, quite a few sex toys which I have used since during lockdown, and let me tell you, yeah. they're nice, but they're not the same. Yeah. They're not the same. They're not the same as the weight the weight of a man on on you, are they? Not at all. <laughs> I've got. I bought a sex toy especially for lockdown. And, yeah. and I and I keep forgetting that I've got it. Like it hasn't. hasn't have you taken it out of the box? Or I have taken it out of the box. Yeah. yeah. What's it? What's it called? I don't know what it's called actually. You should give it a name. I think if you personalise it, maybe you'll I, use yeah, it I, more. Yeah, vibrator. <laughs> vibrator. Uh, it's really cheap on Amazon. Maybe you should have. Um, maybe you should have spent a bit more money, Tom. Yeah. If you spent a bit more money, <laughs> you might be enticed to use it. Did you read the Amazon reviews of it before you bought it? Were there any satisfied customers? Or no, I didn't. Uh. <laughs> uh. I spent a hundred pounds on sex toys in the oh, first week the of lockdown. lockdown. Yeah. Oh, did you? Just because I thought this is, I'm going to be crazy if I don't do something. If I don't spice up my. <laughs> Masturbation. I think Morgan is providing us with opportunities to buy weird things that I've always wanted to have. Oh, he's off. He's going to show us. This is what I bought today. That doesn't look like. Is that a sex toy? A sex toy. It's an aromatherapy thing. So it shoots out beautiful fumes. (laughs) A diffuser. (laughs) A diffuser. Um, It's nice. It looks like it's that wood effect. It looks like it could blow smoke up your ass. I'm going to try. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, anything's a sex toy. Anything's a sex toy if you're brave enough, Tom. Right? And everything looks like a sex toy right now to me because of the lockdown. Five weeks. I've I've talked about Sexy Jeff before. Not to me, you haven't. Oh, well, this guy that I see, and he said, and we were sat talking together, he said, don't bother buying don't bother buying a dildo. Just buy, just use, a, just use an apple. An apple. I, I was just like, what do you mean about an apple? And I just went on and on. He was like, yeah, just use an apple. He went, no, sorry, I didn't mean an apple. I meant a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, an apple is quite yeah. advanced. I think that's you. You work yeah, your way up to an apple. Yeah. <laughs> I would I mean, need. I would be worried about how to get it out afterwards. Well, maybe you just leave it in there to, um, I don't know, digest. To, yeah, to marinate. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> well um, so so back to this guy. So he's got these sex toys and he's afraid of using them. Mm. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, have we heard of this happening before with people? Or no? I think don't be afraid of it. Needs must uh, use them, I would, and yeah, uh, think, it's never going to be the same having sex with a really sexy hot guy who knows how to do it. But they're not meant to, are they? Really? They're, they are. Yeah, they're a substitute. Yeah, yeah it's a completely different, different thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's something. It's isn't the point of them that you can control. You know, you know, loads of um, sort of people with vaginas love them because because they say that you know men. Uh, don't know how to find don't know, don't know what they're doing a lot of the time or don't know how to find you know the things that need finding so it's about you being able to control your own experience isn't it but yeah. um but that's not a kind of yeah i just think go for it and don't be so scared yeah i think that's a really good point i think that they're very different thing yeah yeah it's a different experience it's never going to be one's never going to be a substitute for the other it's just different um anyway moving on we've got one more question yeah uh, so, dear old queens and Tom, what do you consider to be the sexiest underwear? I love underwear, but I'm curious to know what other people think is the sexiest. I like underwear that gives a good bulge, and it can sometimes be better than a hot dick. Is that odd? Huh? <laughs> no, it's not odd, is it? I mean, nothing's odd um, in in the realms of um, you know turn-ons. Um, I don't, I don't really get the underwear thing. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever got it. I'm all my underwear is awful. 
Is it? <laughs> and I don't care what the. Yeah, no, it's all it's all either really old or and full of holes that I darn up, or it's um or it's just from H and M or somewhere. You know, I haven't really. I have had a few times or whatever past, but probably only because I've got them cheap in TK Maxx or something. You know, no, I haven't got anything very kind of um swish. And I don't and I don't mind what other people's underwear is like as long as it's clean and you know mm. it doesn't really um it's, it's never really been a a, a, a a an interest of mine but i understand that it is for other people and i don't think it's odd no tommy what do you think um i sort of i don't have a thing about underwear and um yeah i'm, I'm not bothered by by it but i know that lots of people are mm. and actually and there are people that i see semi-regularly and they they want me to wear certain types of underwear yeah i've had that in the past like frilly knickers (laughs) (laughs) that's a certain kind of kink for three you to be wearing frilly knickers um i quite like a jock and i do quite like a nice pair of underwear i think it makes you feel kind of sexy and and nice when you put it on Uh, but i think they're for special (laughs) occasions but yeah, some people it's a real big thing for them, isn't it? They they want you to wear a certain underwear. I've had lovers in the past yes. that have brought underwear to me to put on as an instigation for sex. What is it? Is it the kind of idea that it's a layer that, that there's something underneath and you don't know what that something is, or is it? Um, I always kind of thought maybe you know with the kind of white kind of you know designer box fresh underwear, I thought there was something about the kind of the. Um, the kind of contrast between the kind of fresh white underwear and a kind of slightly sweaty, seamy body. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Or even like, or even too powdered pant. Yeah. Can you say I that again, like Tom? A... Sorry, you cut out then. What did you say? Just the smell of a washing, like a freshly laundered washing powdered, maybe Lenore. Or, or the other extreme where they're that people like really dirty underwear, like sweaty underwear that people oh, wear, don't yes. they? Oh yeah. See, I kind of get that more. Yeah, it's all the pheromones mm. and stuff. Yes, it's a funny thing. So, what um, would you consider? So, I think his first part of the question was, "What yeah. do you consider to be the sexiest underwear?" I love a jock, so I think that's probably the sexiest underwear I see on a man. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I, think I, I agree. do. See, I, I, I think probably if I was going to think about it, I think I'd probably say boxer shorts. Yeah, mm. slightly looser. Yeah. Slightly looser because I mm. think. It's, it's the, I think it's the kind of the unknowingness which is kind of interesting. See, a jock, you may as well, you know, have nothing on, in a way. Yeah, well, that's maybe why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> just get it off then, in that case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not essential for me, but I do quite like a man in a jock. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's the preamble. It's not all about the wham yeah. bam. Thank so, you, ma'am. So, so this guy. So his. So his. His. His question is: Is it odd? I think he likes uh, underwear that shows off a good bulge, and he he asked if that was odd. I don't think um, if you like a big bulge, then that's not odd at all. No, and as you said, nothing's odd. Nothing's odd. Anything's fair game. Yeah. Well, yeah, most things. Yeah. Especially if it yeah, tickles well, your fancy. Anything. Yeah. Quite literally. So that's that's that one solved. That's it. We've come to the end of the questions. We've, oh. we've actually come to the end of the show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I was just—I was just getting going with other just people's Just getting crisis, into it. Crises. I mean, <laughs> but I have found that um, in lockdown, I've been sort of thinking, "Oh, this could be what I'm experiencing now could be a problem." Yeah. Like what? Like what? Well, I suppose I'm experiencing like so. A certain person that I regularly meet up says to me, "Oh, but you know, I'm self-isolating as well. I'm not seeing anyone." Oh, so you think? It could, you, th- you think you should shave that. Yeah. And I think, and, and it's right. like, I can't help thinking about that and whether that, whether that, whether, whether I'm missing out on that or mm. whether I should well, see how this pandemic pans out. Well, you are missing out in the, in the sense that, you, you know, it's not there at the moment. But what will, I mean, how will, how will this progress? You know, because I'm assuming that they'll say at some point, you can um, socialise with groups of so many people in a public space or in a private house or whatever it is, and you must still try and, you know, maintain this or that in terms of distance. And, you know, presumably they'll, presumably that'll kind of cover it. And, you know, I think the lock, lockdown's going to last a long time in, in, in some kind of format, isn't it? But I would have thought that'll be one of the first things to, to as it were. Mm. 
I had someone approach me on Grinder that I've been chatting to who yeah. said, I haven't had sex with anyone since lockdown. I'm living on my own. Um, can I come and meet you? And I did consider it, but it's just like, uh, has he said that to everyone? And uh, has he been having sex with loads of people? I think if you knew this person beforehand and you had kind of an agreement, then I think that's yeah. okay. But yeah. I, I guess it's up to you whether you want to take the risk or not. I guess for me and you, Tommy, it's really low risk because we live on our own. So we're not really going to infect anybody else, you know. But I am scared about getting it myself. Yeah. Are you? Uh, I mean, it's relatively yeah. low risk for us. I know we're older, so it's slightly higher than than younger people. But And the other thing is, is we may already have it. There's loads of people which are asymptomatic. So, you know, go figure. I don't yeah. know. It's with anything. It's a bit like having unprotected sex and things like that. It's about what kind of risk you're willing to take. Yeah, if it's like, if it's a risk that you're taking and you're and it, and it only affects and it's only risky for you and you're and you're fine with taking it, then I suppose you know. I mean, the only the only kind of thing is that God, it's getting it. I don't want to get morbid again, but you know whether it's a kind of whether you getting ill as a strain on someone else or on you know on the health system. Whatever. But you know, I'm sure there's people doing all sorts out there, aren't there? Yes, there definitely are. I mean, I'm sure there are. Um, you know, I met a friend for a. I, I actually met a friend for a distanced walk because he lives kind of round the corner and he was walking his dog. And I thought, well, I walk in the park anyway. So, you know, we can walk together for half an hour, kind of two metres apart. Yeah. Or whatever. But doing that, are you? But I mean, you're not officially, but my, my thinking was, well, you know, I think there's all sorts going on and, and I don't know. I've met people for distant walks. I think it's okay. I think they've said that if you, if you don't live together, if the, you can have uh, two people, um it can oh, only be they? yeah oh, are you allowed? It, yeah it can be oh. two people is the limit uh unless people are living together so like in a big household so yeah and a socially distant yeah. walk is fine i think um, oh okay oh okay maybe yeah. I, maybe maybe i've been a bit hard line on myself then. i I'm think not, i'm being quite hard line. yeah i'm being i think i'm quite hard line as well um i uh, i don't know what else uh, socially socially distant sex i suppose you could have a wank two two meters apart from each other maybe it's all going to go a bit 90s again you know when cyber sex was a really big thing and well, everyone, yes yeah there's been a few video exchanges just kind of to each other and kind of masturbating at the same time yeah well yeah. i went i went to a talk this up this lunchtime lunchtime talk at the watershed and they were talking about the history of um video chats yeah and it dates back to victorian times kind of the mainstay of the talk was um, around the 90s really and uh chat roulette yes yeah oh, chat how does chat it oh, chat, i love chat roulette um tom <laughs> how does it date back to the victorian era well i was actually also preparing That's... my list at the same time which is the best thing that you can do when you're just like yes. in, in a talk <laughs> trying, trying, trying to glean some information yeah, yeah. but <laughs> so there was like yeah, there was yeah. that was a sound system yeah. and a massive screen. Oh, like a rave! Oh wow, I didn't think they had the technology for um, that back then. Yeah, it didn't feel like a rave. It was an engraving of an image. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Right. No, I don't think I don't think I quite understand, but no, I'll send you a link. Send me a link. Yeah, send me a link. I've got all the time in the world to look at that. <laughs> so can you? Well, we'll put a link in the uh, in the bio of the podcast in the, in the, for the for the listeners as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think with that yeah. note, we've come to the end of our show. Um, thank you so much, uh, Tom Shaw, for being our guest on this. Well, week's thank you for having me. Episode of thank What you That Old Queen. Um, say goodbye. Ciao for now. <laughs> thank you, Tommy. Um, say cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you next time on What That Old Queen. You have been listening to What That Old Queen, written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges in lockdown 2020 for Hodge Podcasting. If you'd like to sponsor a show or you'd just like to be a guest or you have a question for the old queens, you can email on hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.